Hey dreamers, I'm Holly and this is the Intentional Dreamer podcast. This podcast is for dreamers all around the world who want to put action and personality to their brands. Hey everyone, it's Holly here. I am back with the Intentional Dreamer podcast and today we have a special guest, Emma Fanning with Little Fox Design Studio. And I'm so excited because her and I have been wanting to connect and do a podcast episode for quite a while, I would say. Um, And then we ironically found each other in the same Slack uh, design community that we have this little um, cute group of people that we kind of bounce ideas back and forth um, and just kind of like have created a really great um, small group of friends with. And then I'm like, oh my gosh, like we were gonna do the podcast episode and then like we both ended up in the same design chat. So Emma, Please introduce yourself, tell everyone what you do, um, and yeah, I'll let you take it from here. Hi everyone, my name is Emma, and I own Little Fox Design, which is a green graphic design studio. So I basically um, consider the environmental impact of all of my design work for my clients and all of my branding work, and aim to make each project for all of my clients as environmentally friendly as possible to minimize our impact on the planet. That is awesome. I was so intrigued by your Instagram profile, like before I started to get to know you and before we started to become friends, um, because I haven't, and like, correct me if I'm wrong, guys, don't roast me, but um, I haven't ever seen a design studio that was crafted like like yours to um, make sure that you're focusing on the sustainability and the eco-friendliness of of not only what you do, but what your clients do. And I think that that's so awesome. And I think that we need more of that. And since getting to know you, I've like really wanted to like better my practices of making sure that I'm being eco-friendly and and making sure that everything that I do is more sustainable. Um, So it's really, really inspiring to see what you're doing and the impact that you're having on the world. Thank you so much. I'm really happy to be able to help inspire other designers because the education part is a huge uh, passion and value of mine. I started doing what I was doing basically because I couldn't find anyone doing it. And so I decided to take the plunge and sort of, you know, go against the, the grain of the industry and really do my own research in terms of how I could make my practices as sustainable as possible. And a lot of what I found for information was really out of date. It was like 10 years old. And, you know, I had to pay a lot of money uh, to purchase out of print books, out of print textbooks. Um, And, you know, it kind of racked up to like several hundred dollars in, in old textbooks where most of the information was out of date. So all of the research that I'm doing independently, I want to be able to share as much as that for free as possible uh, so other designers can easily make more sustainable changes into their business. That is so wonderful. We need all of that and more um, in the field and I'm so excited that you're starting this movement. Um, so that actually ties right into one of my first questions that I have for you is to kind of tell us a bit about your journey and how you started. So you kind of explained a little bit of why you started, like you weren't able to find, um, someone who did the kind of what you wanted to do. Um, how did you kind of get there as far as, um, you know, your background in graphic design and, and kind of like what led you to starting your own studio and kind of there? Yeah. So basically I'm entirely self-taught. Uh, my degree in university is actually in English literature and throughout high school and university I sort of played around with design and video editing as a hobby and I wasn't really convinced it was going to turn into anything. I really, really thought I wanted to work in museums. And so as I was working in museums, I 
always found myself in the role of graphic designer sort of unintentionally. I would have a different position, but I would end up as the graphic designer. So I spent about two years working in-house at a dinosaur museum in Northern Alberta, Canada, which was really amazing because I sort of, they were a startup. And so I got to help develop their branding from the very beginning and conception of the project basically. So the opportunity to work inside the museum basically led to colleagues and people that I had met there sort of asking for freelance graphic design work. And I spent a lot of time working with the CEO of the museum actually on some of his personal projects. And I ended up working with him from project to project, museum to museum for several years after that time. And so kind of the original star of my company was kind of just to be able to legally work with him as he changed projects. And I got a few inquiries from friends and family and you know, I just eventually sort of started to like slowly grow my design business. But in the first year, definitely, I wasn't particularly taking it very serious. I was still in university studying and that was taking up a lot of my time. This was also around the same time, though, that the news was actually starting to pick up on climate crisis. And sustainability had always been something that, you know, I, I cared about and was interested in. But as, as the news picked up, I started to try and reduce my own uh, waste in my lifestyle and live a more low impact life, uh, reduce my plastics, find um, zero waste switches and stuff that worked for me slowly. And I was really loving that process. Like it was basically becoming one of my favorite things was to research how I could make my life uh, more sustainable while, you know, lowering my impact. But I wasn't doing that in my design work and I wasn't sure how to integrate that into my design work. And I thought no one would care, honestly. I really thought that my clients would just be like, eh, you know, like that doesn't matter. It's just design, it's just marketing. But I had this gut feeling that somehow I had to figure out how to combine my two interests because I felt there was something really missing in my design work. And I felt that I didn't really have a brand, which as a brand designer is not necessarily the place that you want to be in. <laughs> um, <laughs> So, you know, I started, you know, Googling green graphic design and I wasn't really getting a lot of results and what I was getting is 10 years old uh, and super out, out of date. So I actually had the chance at the Adobe conference uh, to meet Chris Dew, who owns the future <laughs> slash blind. Awesome. And he was doing like a question answer period. And I decided to go. I was basically just in the area and decided to drop in. And so... I asked him, what can designers do to combat climate crisis and, you know, create more sustainable projects with our clients? And he looked at me and he laughed and he said, well, I don't really think that's something that is worth pursuing. I don't really think that as designers, we have much of a say there. And I think that you can just work on yourself, focus on yourself, make sure you're doing okay, make a lot of money, and then maybe later you can donate some money and that's what you can do. And wow. I felt so betrayed. I really was like, wow, this is like an industry leader who thinks yeah. that this is not the future. <laughs> uh, and I, so I went back to my hotel and I filled out all of the paperwork for rebranding my design studio to be environmentally sustainable. I wasn't sure how I was going to do that or how to even properly become sustainable in my work, but I decided that I was going to be the one to do the research <laughs> and figure out how to do it. I love that. I mean, so like, talk about like, did you have any like 
fears of being like, oh God, like I had this really great idea. And then this industry leader kind of like shot it down completely almost. And then like, did you have any doubts as far as like not wanting to do it because of that? Cause like, I feel like I probably would have been like, oh my God, what? But then like, you know, like another part of me is like, oh man, that's just a challenge to do it. You know what I mean? So yeah, I think I'm a bit of a, a rebel in that sense. I don't really like being told no. I love so that. <laughs> being told no there was like, well, fuck you. I'm going to do it anyway. Uh, I know you're wrong. I love that. We can swear on this one. I oh, did. Of course. So Dude, I swear <laughs> all the time. Like if you, <laughs> you know that I swear like a sailor and I try okay. to get it a little less like PG-13, but whatever. <laughs> it is who, it's who I am. And if you guys don't like it, then, you know, don't listen. But yeah, anyway. <laughs> so true though. I mean, like, why not? The most influential people have been the people who have gone against the grain. And I think that that shows how much of a leader you are in that sense, in my opinion. So Mm-hmm. That's yeah, I just, I really thought, you know, okay, he runs a very successful design studio. He clearly has good business sense, but you know what? He's a boomer. They're not paying attention to what's going on. And so <laughs> I just decided that like I was going to do it. And, you know, and I think I, I stand by this. He is going to be wrong. He is going to find later in his design life in the next five, 10 years that all of his clients are going to be pushing towards sustainability. and. Yeah. It's it's the future. I yeah. really feel that. Then there's going to be you kicking ass and taking names. I love that. I love that. <laughs> yeah. I totally respect your opinion. I think that you're right on par and I can't wait to watch you be even more of a leader in this industry because we need more people like you who give a shit about the earth. <laughs> Um, so tell me a little bit more about sustainable design. I know we've kind of covered a lot. Um, what does it mean and what does it mean to you? So I think it goes beyond just the materials that we use. Uh, And I think as designers, we really need to pay attention to the full supply chain and impact of what we do. So a lot of designers, their influence sort of starts at, okay, I'm designing for a client. Uh, It doesn't matter who the client is. I design a logo, business cards, a rack card, and then I hand those files over to the printer and then the printer will print them. Maybe there's some discussion about what kind of paper stock it's on. Usually the printer is just recommending any kind of stock that they think will suit the the type of project. And then that is then approved by the client and then printed. And I think it's really important to consider where the paper is coming from, what the forestry process looked like, what were those supply chains for the forestry? um, How is that impacting ecosystems? So how is the paper made? Uh, you know, where is the paper coming from? What kind of greenhouse gas emissions were resulted in the transport of that? And then once it's printed, what are the printing processes being used? What kinds of inks? What kinds of coatings? What happens that paper after it's printed and you give it to the client, the client hands out their business cards, and then they end up in the trash. What does that mean? They end up in the recycling system. What does that mean? Um, So I think it's important that designers consider that entire framework when they're thinking about designing for clients and what would be the best option. But I also think it's important that designers consider who their clients actually are. The ethics of our industry aren't really something that's talked about a lot. Sure, maybe file types or, you know, contract processes, but there's not really a lot of ethics in terms of who we work for. And I think that matters a lot. I think it matters 
Um, because, you know, if you work for a company like Nestle or you do a contract for Nestle that has extreme negative uh, environmental impact and has been absolutely horrific to many people around the globe, that is an unethical decision that you're making choosing to support that company. And I think that this can apply even on a smaller scale. So for my own business, I have a set of environmental policies and breakdown where I specify what kinds of clients I do and do not work with. And that usually includes, you know, I, I will not work with any kind of extraction companies. I won't work with fossil fuel companies. I won't work with oil and gas, uh, natural gas companies. And also just any companies that are having a harmful impact on the planet. That's where I draw the line. And I think that it's an important question for designers to consider who they work with and whether or not they are ethically and morally comfortable doing that work and promoting those kinds of companies or corporations. So true. So true. I feel like I recently, um, in the past like month or so I came, um, I'm not going to go super into detail about it. Cause I'm not sure if I'm like quite ready to talk about it on the podcast yet, but I, I had this company come to me and they really wanted to work with me. And I'm like, I actually, I actually like, don't know if like I would be willing to do that. Cause like, I don't, I don't know if it like goes with my morals or like my beliefs and stuff like that. And like, I'd never really had that happen in the seven years I've been a designer. I've been really thankful to work with um, like companies that I really, really support and really believe in. Um, and then I kind of had like a, a whammy thrown at me, you know, where I was like, okay, well, like, is this something that I'd be willing to do? And, and I ended up not doing it because it just kind of went against any morals that I had. Um, and I just, it wasn't worth it to me, but I, I definitely do agree that, you know, there's, this is not talked about enough in the design industry. Um, and I think that we do need to try to open up the conversation more as designers and talk about our ethics, talk about our morals, talk about where do we draw the line um, and get more specific about the types of companies that we work with as we grow bigger. Um, and I definitely encourage you guys who are listening, if you're a designer or you're in any industry really, um, to think about your ethics, think about your morals and the people that you're working with. Would you be proud to talk about them? Would you be proud to recommend them to other people? Are they making a difference in the world? Are they hurting the world or the environment? Um, and I think that those are very important questions to be asking for sure. Mm -hmm. I think that we as designers have more of a responsibility than I think we realize because, okay, sure, I print an order of 200 business cards for clients, but for, for one client, but if I'm a big, in, big agency, I may be imprinting 10,000 business cards and rack cards and brochures and the numbers of the things that you are responsible for creating and putting into this world just completely scale up. And I think it's important to understand that impact, uh, especially at a larger scale and understand how the choices you make can actually have huge ramifications environmentally if you're not making the right choices. So, so true. And not only that, but also the way where people are like either digitally or physically ingesting that information. I mean, when you really sit back and think about it, I mean, we're the people who are helping create or helping take that information and make it visual and make it digestible for everyone else to see in the world. And if it's information that's not going to help people, or if it's information that's, um, I don't know, just like bad ethics and just completely go against your morals. Like why would you want to design for it? You know what I mean? Um, and obviously like there are many things that play into that. There's money, there's, um, there's business connections, stuff like that. I am a prime believer in never doing anything just for the money, if that makes sense. If you love what you do and you love working for someone, the money is just going to be an added bonus to that, in my opinion. But mm -hmm. yeah. 
Yeah, I think it's really interesting because as designers, we are problem solvers. And I think that we need to add the problem of climate crisis into our design thinking and the framework of which we, we look and solve problems in. But we're also, uh, as designers, even on Instagram, we are putting forward trends for what is aesthetically beautiful. I saw this one company, I believe it was a perfume company, and the packaging for their perfume was actually a styrofoam uh, box that you tore apart to get at the perfume. So it was completely wasteful and styrofoam is one of the most uh, difficult to recycle toxic things on our planet. And they had an incredibly beautiful feed. It was stunning. Clearly a very talented designer put it together. But what that is doing is creating a an example of a beautiful project that is incredibly environmentally damaging, but any kind of client or designer could wander across that and be like, wow, I want that. I don't care that it's bad for the environment. I don't, or I don't know that it's bad for the environment and I just want it. I want that aesthetic and I want that sort of, you know, industrial feel. And I think we have a responsibility in that too, or mock-ups that have little books with plastic packaging around it that looks very beautiful in the mock-up. And even though it's just a digital image, we're still putting forward ideas and trends of what we think should be designed for and what is aesthetically beautiful and the kinds of ways we would solve that packaging problem through plastic when maybe there are better alternatives. So true. I love that. Oh my gosh. I'm so happy that you mentioned that because I never really thought about it like that, but it's almost like designers can really just create like a, 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 what do you call it? Designers can create like a sheet of glass, you know what I mean? Like, uh, or what do they call that? Like rose colored glasses. We can create that like filter over things so that like consumers are not realizing what their purchase is doing to the environment. And I think that like those things need to kind of like be broken and open, which is what you're doing. And I think that that's incredible. Um, it's inspiring for sure. Um, so how do you find ethical clients who are willing to be more sustainable in their businesses? Or what is your like process like as far as um, finding clients who are willing to follow um, the things that you kind of put out there and the things that you believe in as a design studio? So I could sort of take a twofold approach. Right now in the last year, I've been working with a lot of companies that aren't necessarily directly sustainable, but the owners have a real interest in building sustainability into their model. So right now I've been sort of happy to work with companies that are interested and are willing to work with me. I'm very upfront with all of my potential clients that what I do is sustainable and that there are certain rules when working with me that they have to follow. So I have green printing policies written into my contracts and I make it very clear upfront that they are going to have to work with me on sustainable design uh, the whole way. So that does mean that they can't have soft touch laminate coatings, that they can't have, you know, shiny spot glass, and they can't have any metallic foils. But I think it's important to be upfront with them from the beginning so that they know what they're getting into. Uh, and so that, you know, should there be a situation down the line, which has happened where a client wants something that is not environmentally friendly, even though they were prepared, you know, I can fall back on the contract and say, hey, like, this is what you get with working with me. If you want my, to work with me and you like my design style, you have to do this. It's part of the process. If you, you know, aren't willing to, you know, uh, do this work with me, then you have to find somebody else. And it, it's, it's been, it's worked pretty well. There's been a couple clients that haven't really 
um, understood even though I've prepped them. And I think that's just part of introducing a new system to your business. And there are always going to be a few clients in the beginning that is sort of a learning curve for the kinds of people that you work with, how you frame things to them and you know how to figure out how to properly navigate getting them on board the whole way. But I, I, think, I think I'm gonna keep that the, the way that I work although I want to definitely start attracting more sustainable oriented brands themselves that have that built into their mission already and are looking for marketing that complements uh, their values already. Yes, definitely. Mm -hmm. I love that. I had a client last summer that I started working with and they're local um, and they are a company that provides um, like eco-friendly like sprays to disinfect inside of um, places like homes, buildings, hospitals, stuff like that, and the outsides of them. And they're really focused on making sure that those things are not only eco-friendly, but safe to people, pets, stuff like that. Um, and safe to, um, as they like wear off, where do they go? What happens to it? Um, and it's funny because, you know, when we had talked about printing their business cards and stuff like that, they were like, I want to make sure that I, we are using something that's more eco-friendly. So, you know, how can we like, what printing companies can we talk to and stuff like that? And then I kind of started diving into that process and I was like, wow, like, I feel like more people should be doing this. And I know that a lot of people are, are worried about the cost effectiveness of that but you know actually it's way more important to be eco-friendly versus cost effective well that can go either way i think that people have their opinions about that i don't particularly have a specific opinion about that i think whatever fits you and your business best is fine but i also think that you know with keeping costs in mind that we should also be making sure that we're keeping our earth in mind we're keeping the place that we live and breathe every day in mind and that's really important Diving into that process was really interesting. Um, and I was started to talk to printing companies about where they source their paper from and, and you know, how can I make sure that this fits into the eco-friendliness and, and brand values of my client and making sure that it's exactly what they want. So it was a fun process and I definitely want to try more of it. Um, but I'm so, so inspired by what you're doing and I'm excited to see more companies that you work with making better choices. Yeah, one of the, the most interesting things I've found is that for most things, there is an equally priced alternative that's sustainable, So at true. least in, in my area. I work a lot with local printers because I like to keep everything as local to my clients as possible. If I have uh, clients elsewhere, I source printers in their area so that they can pick up the design locally uh, and reduce emissions that way. But I found that there are really amazing paper alternatives that are 100% are recycled that are in the same relative price bracket as traditional paper, which is awesome because that is one of the first questions that I always get, does it cost more? And the answer is not, doesn't necessarily have to for most things, which is great. Um, of course, if a client wants a more luxury business card that's thicker and nicer, those options still exist. You can have so many beautiful papers that are environmentally friendly. They're just like stunning letterpress printed on recycled cotton. And you know, there's, there's amazing options out there. They of course cost more, but if you wanted letterpress anyway, that would cost more to begin with. So exactly. it's about the client budget and what they want, but at a baseline, there is definitely sort of exact replacements that are really just a benefit for the same cost, which is awesome. I love that. I was not totally aware of that. So I kind of retract what I was saying before because I was not, I did not know that, but that is super wonderful. And I'm glad that there are like low cost 
or similar cost um, options out there for people to use and why not use a recycled paper or why not use something that's going to help the earth in the long run um, when you're already going to be paying the same price anyways. So love that. Um, so I, going off of that, I recently came across your environmental impact report. And so Emma has been kind of talking to myself and the other designers in our Slack group about this. And I've been so excited to check it out. It's so beautiful. You guys have to go check it out if you haven't already. Um, just a heads up, I'm going to be linking all of her links in the description of the podcast. You guys can visit her Instagram, her website, stuff like that, and take a look at this. But Emma, please tell us more about your yearly or annual um, environmental impact report, because I'm really excited to hear about it. So this was just one of those ideas that I thought of at like three in the morning when I was awake. And I thought it would be really interesting to just figure out how many pieces of print material that I was responsible for in the previous year. So how much did I send to the printer? How many things did I print for my clients? And that's kind of where it started. So, you know, I went through my backlogs of emails with the printers and all of my print orders that I had sent and figured out what, how many things I had sent, what kind of paper they were on and uh, what the impact of those things were. And honestly, I was, Kind of pleasantly surprised because I realized that I had uh, sent over 15,000 individual print marketing pieces to print in that year. And all 15,000 of those had been on 100% recycled paper. And it was with clients that wouldn't have normally done that. They would have just picked a traditional stock and gone with that without a second thought. So it was really interesting to sort of see the impact that, you know, I had just in, in that one aspect. But I wanted to build out the report. So I really wanted to talk about all of the different sustainability initiatives that I had done in that year. So that was, um, that included things like the kinds of paper that I used, what was that impact, um, the kinds of printing techniques that I designed for, what kind of inks were used, what sort of uh, forestry supply chains did I look for in particular when I was doing the work. I also wanted to include uh, a detailed information about going carbon neutral with my company, which was something that I did uh, with a lot of research and a lot of planning, because there's a lot of different uh, ways that you can go carbon neutral, and some of them are better than other ways. So I worked with a local company to support local reforestation projects and old growth forest conservation projects uh, in my province in Canada, and that was a way that I could ensure that what I was doing was actually benefiting the environment and that I wasn't just sort of carbon accounting my business and getting these, you know, imaginary carbon credits from somewhere overseas where I really wasn't sure what kind of projects were being conducted with those. Uh, one of the other important things for my carbon neutral certification was that the old growth forests that are being protected as, as part of it is actually in partnership with indigenous peoples in Canada. And so they are, you know, sort of leading the, the champions for indigenous land rights in that area. And part of that um, you know, conservation is, is with them. So that was really important uh, as well as a consideration for how I wanted to go about being carbon neutral. And I'm incredibly proud of being carbon neutral now in that way and working with that local company that was incredibly supportive and excited that as a designer, I was trying to make better changes with my business. 
Yeah, absolutely. I love that this kind of acts as like a, like you don't just talk the talk, you actually walk the walk and you actually make the impact. And it's, it's a way for people to not just see proof, but to see the impact that you're having, the impact that they're having. And I think that people get it, will get excited about that and are excited about that because they'll want to, you know, work with you more because they see the impact that your clients are making, the impact that you're making. And they, then they start to become a part of something, right? They start to become a part of that change and a part of that um, bettering of our environment and our world, which I think is really exciting. Absolutely. I think it's really important to be like as transparent as possible uh, with what I'm doing in terms of sustainability and, you know, share my goals, how I'm going to improve, because it is always a process of education and improvement. And I am only as good at sustainability as the information that I have last read. So it's a constant process of continuously educating myself on new techniques and new processes and new breakdowns of life cycle assessments and stuff for everything that I come in contact with as a designer. Love it. Love all the things. Um, so what advice would you give to people who are aspiring to be more eco-friendly and incorporate more sustainable design into their businesses? So I think the best advice that I have is to do the research and do the reading. So really sort of educate yourself on the whole process of design read some books on forestry, read some books on recycling, read some books on printing production and how that actually works. Sort of involve yourself and try and learn as much as you can about all these different things that your design process uh, touches. And then you can actually be an, an expert in advising your clients. They are already hiring you because you are an expert in design, but now you can be an expert in sustainability and design. But I think it's also important to not do everything all at once. You know, you can start small. You can start by just recommending clients a few different alternatives. You don't have to immediately, you know, build a green printing policy into your contract like me from the beginning and, you know, write an environmental policy. You don't have to have those things to start. You can work to build those things, but you can just start small. Maybe it's just one client that you feel comfortable pitching 100% recycled paper to for their business cards. It's okay to not have everything figured out immediately. It's okay to just take a tiny step and start there and then build on it. Because I think if you try and integrate too many things too fast into your business, it's going to feel overwhelming and you might just kind of jump off the bandwagon and be like, oh, it was too much. Like I couldn't do it. So feel comfortable in starting small. It's not any less of an impact. The most important thing is that you know, we're trying our best, we're learning, and we're trying to improve and take care of our planet. So don't worry if your last business card run had foils on it, you know, that's okay. It's truly okay that something you did unintentionally wasn't ideal. You now know, and that's the most important thing. So, you know, don't, don't beat yourself up about any sort of like bad decisions you've made or the feeling that you're not doing enough. It's okay to just start small. So true. I love that. I love that, you know, it's really, it's really all about taking those baby steps and, and taking things in bite-sized pieces. And it's just like eating better. You know what I mean? Like if you make better choices every day, those better choices will eventually become your lifestyle, kind of like that type of thing. So I love that. Um, I'm definitely want to be more cautious about, you know, sustainability in my own business. And it's something that I'm really inspired to um, look into and start learning about. So I'm super happy that I have you as such a wonderful friend um, that can teach me all the things. <laughs> and I really look forward to um, hearing more about it as we grow our friendship. Um, so my very last question for you is who or what inspires you the most in your life and business? 
right now as a singular person that is inspiring me is probably Naomi Klein because like if I could be anyone when I grow up I want to be Naomi Klein (laughs) (laughs) she's really at the forefront of you know eco-socialism anti-capitalism the green new deal movement and also design and how that integrates into that she's not a designer herself but she did publish a book called no logo which really talks about the impact of marketing and branding in terms of the environment and social issues and that was sort of like a foundational text for me when i was starting out in terms of beginning to understand the impact that marketing and design can have but she's gone on to write many more books about you know anti-capitalist movements and the green new deal specifically and how that will help people and you know, right now she's campaigning very hard for Bernie Sanders' uh, campaign, but uh, all of her work and advocacy around the environment really, really inspires me. Love it. That's awesome. I love asking people who inspires them or what inspires them. Um, it's like always like the very last question that I have been asking as I've been interviewing people. So that takes us to the end. Is there anything else that you would like to add? Um, or any questions that you have for me or anything like that. So Emma has this amazing thing that she's working on that she wants to tell you guys about. And I think it's so cool. And it actually was popping up in my brain as we were talking. And I'm like, oh my gosh, we need to like, she needs to like teach people these things and like have people pay her money to teach her these things. So Emma, tell us about this thing that you're working on and what people can look forward to if they follow you. So I'm working on a really comprehensive green graphic design course for how to understand sustainability, integrate sustainable processes into your design studio, and really come out the other end being a fully function, fully functional sustainable design studio uh, with all of the information, tips, resources that you would need to effectively talk to your clients about it, add you know green stipulations into your contract, and really understand everything about the process of being a green designer. So ideally this is going to be like for business owners like us, uh, you know, freelance graphic designers, students, uh, and I I hope to have it be as low cost as possible because free and accessible education is super, super important to me. So I'm going to be working to have it be like the very lowest cost that I can. Love that. Oh my gosh. So yeah, guys, keep on the lookout for that because I think it's not something that exists. It's something that you guys can learn about and incorporate into your own businesses. And I'm super excited to watch you launch it. So all right. Thank you so much for being on the podcast, Emma. Before we hop off, I want you to tell people where they can find you and follow you and see all the things. So my website is littlefoxdesign.com. You can find me on Instagram at littlefoxdesignstudio. And my Facebook group is, I believe the URL is LFD Green Graphic Design. Okay, you can find me on Facebook at Little Fox Design. (laughs) 